Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Cam Pittman, alongside a good friend of the show. And I normally say just Fox Sports Wisconsin reporter, analyst, sideline reporter. I would also say Bucks digital reporter, but now I have to say Bucks radio network analyst as well. Zora Stevenson. What's up, Steve? Welcome back. Oh, appreciate it. You know, I'm always down to chat with you, Kane. So happy to be here. So what's the last week been like? Bucks go down. Uh, I we were just briefly talking, and I said for me, uh, part of the uh, if there was ever going to be any type of positive from this, it was that I didn't have to get up at two o'clock for practice every second day, three a.m. for games. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a normal night's sleep. If if I can get one positive from a bad situation, that's going to be it. What have you been doing for the last week? Well, kudos to you for keeping up with everything with the time difference and such. Uh, Tuesday, when we all left Pfizer Forum after the Bucks lost everybody was like okay have a good off season (laughs) and normally you know for one i've never had an off season in my professional career like you know people with normal jobs don't have quote-unquote off seasons right and second it was interesting because in a normal time in a normal calendar you would say have a good off season but you would know that okay the draft is said weeks away. We'll probably see each other at summer league and, you know, maybe then a month after, then you start training camp, right? Like there's these set things that, you know, you will see people soon enough. And honestly, like that entire crew, I don't know when I'm going to see them again because (laughs) it could be a while before we all reconvene. Yeah. And it's, uh, I feel like it's obviously a big off season for the Bucks. There's probably going to be lots of things that are going to be happening, lots of discussions, lots of things going on. But even with the draft, the draft is up in the air. So I I guess, yeah, it is one of the, well, definitely the most uncertain off season we've had. Another thing that people might do, they might go away for a little bit. They might get away. Now, clearly this is not the best time to be traveling all over the place, but what's your plans? Are Are you still in Milwaukee? What's happening right now? I'm still in Milwaukee. The plan is to go home for a bit and just work from there. And when I say home, North Carolina, um, and visit my folks, you know, I'm close with them, Kane. So just to spend some time. I mean, we kind of have this like, you know, uncertain amount of off season. And I feel like the beginning, I want, especially before it starts to get cold and we just don't know what's going to happen with, with COVID, um, kind of get out while you can, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I will be heading to North Carolina for who knows how long. <laughs> so we've had Justin Garcia on the show, or we have him on regularly, actually. And he sort of gave us, I guess, the, the behind-the-scenes look of what radio was doing during the bubble experience. And I did feel for you, Zara, because we've spoken a lot. And, you know, you come into a new city, you come into a new team, and you understand this. I understand this. You have to take some time to get to know the players the way they are what questions, how to ask questions to certain players and get good responses. I mean, this is all part of it. So you went through that this year. 
clearly you get to a point in the, in the regular season, you're around these guys on a daily basis. You get comfortable, you do start to feel like you're uh, easing your way into the job. And then all this happens and you're broadcasting literally from the locker room. So can you just talk us through the TV experience with yourself, Jim, Marcus, Steve, all the, all the- well, it's wild because when I, when I first got this job, I think maybe either training camp or in some of the preseason games, I asked, uh, Eric name and Matt Velasquez, like, when do you start to feel comfortable? <laughs> when do you like go up to the scrum or one-on-ones or walk-offs or whatever I'm doing and not have this like pit in your stomach? And, uh, they were like, yeah, Zora, it never goes away. <laughs> right. Um, and it was like in March and I would say like around Christmas in January, I finally felt like in some sort of groove, obviously you're always on your P's and Q's. And I, my mentor once told me, if you don't feel something, you got to, you know, change what you're doing. But I was starting to feel like I had the swing of things. And then, you know, you get in your groove, you get in a routine uh, and you figure out what's working and all of a sudden it shuts down. And for me, like the, a part of why, I feel like, um, you know, we do what we do and we can do what we do in terms of like all the walk-off interviews, the halftime interviews, the one-on-ones that we do for both TV and digital. And you have those relationships where the guys are willing to open up is because you're around all the time and, and they see you outside of reporter mode. They see you as just Zora and a person. And so it's somebody that's familiar. And so when we started rebroadcasting with the restart, you weren't around every day anymore, right? And so what the guys were seeing was reporters or every day again. And it was, you know, all of a sudden this person that instead of saying like, hey, how are you? It was just right to like sticking a microphone in your face or in this, in this point, you know, they were walking up to a TV. So it takes away like the personable moments that I think one, just as a human being are so important to check in on people. And then two, it enhances your broadcasting and your storytelling because it's two people talking, not a reporter and an athlete. And so if there's one thing that changed during our ability to do the broadcast remotely, it was just those human interactions. They were hard to come by over zoom or over like these remote walk-off interviews that we were doing. So I just missed that, that human interaction and just being around the team and the organization. So, yeah, I mean, we were doing our broadcasts from Pfizer forum any of the interviews that you saw on television, whether there's like pregame or in-game, were all done via Zoom prior to the game, like on an off day or something like that. And um, then if the Bucks won, you guys are probably used to like me interviewing a player after the game, they would walk up to this screen in Orlando. And so they could see me and I could see them. And we basically had like a, I don't know, a Zoom conversation live on television except they it was wild that they could just walk up to this camera and start talking and and we could take it live so technology is amazing grateful for it but you definitely miss that human interaction from your tvs though it probably looked pretty similar and sounded you know similar it was great from the tv uh the only strange thing was when you did realize that you guys literally were in the locker room because i actually thought prior to all this and i wondered how they were going to play this out and, and i just kind of assumed that maybe they might be in the normal spot or they might have the game on the the screen, you know, something like that. I, I just never really imagined that they would just have you guys sitting in the actual locker room. I mean, I guess, I guess it's a pretty cool set. I mean, you know, it, it, it was pretty cool. Like it looks pretty cool, but um, yeah, just, just so, so strange. And 
Well, the one thing about the Zoom calls that I want to say, and you sort of mentioned it this, and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast, but when we're doing the post games, so the players will sit in front of a screen, but they can only see themselves. So they're not looking at us. They don't see us. So it might be different when you're doing the post-game interviews, but for the, for the normal press conferences, they don't see us. And the other thing is that you never get really, or you very rarely get a follow-up question. So I, I found that when you talk about the relationships you have, um, sometimes, listen, sometimes we don't ask the perfect question, okay? And maybe it doesn't come out the way we want it to, and the, they might misunderstand the answer. And this was the most difficult thing I found is that if you were at the practice facility like we normally would be, you'd just follow it up or you'd clarify or you'd, you'd, you'd get the answer that you want eventually and you just didn't have the opportunity to do that. Exactly, Kane. And I think there's something to be said for body language. Yeah. The guys can feed off of where you're coming from with your question by your demeanor, right? In the way that you're trying to ask. Sometimes like follow-up questions are simply clarification. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to understand somebody's um, vibe, so to speak, through a computer screen when you can't see them. And so I felt like that was the biggest thing as well. Obviously, yeah, like the, you know, the one question and not having the follow-up and then the the groove of the scrum too, because there's an art to a press conference, as we know, Kane. And so when you have to like, so to speak, virtually raise your hand, you don't necessarily know most times when you're going to be called on, right? So sometimes by the time they get to you, like, is your question still relevant? Did they Mm -hmm. kind of answer it before? Um, And, you know, or like, did you just need a clarification on something? Do you want to waste like your whole one question on just Mm -hmm. a simple clarification rather than like a full on answer? I mean, there's all these things that you had to think about with these Zoom setups that we went through. So, yeah, I... uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll have to continue them, but they were by far the worst part of the whole experience. <laughs> I much rather, I loved, you know, I mean, just from our perspective doing the broadcast, the walk-offs were much better. It's one, because they could, they could see you, and it's just that one-on-one interaction, but being able to see people is key. I will say, and I've said this, I, I was thankful being in Australia that the Zoom calls were there, and so I always felt bad being annoyed about the situation. But, you know, let's just hope in the future we can get back to normal anyway. As far as this bubble team goes and the way they performed, I had someone mention this to me. And, uh, and I, I don't know if, I'm, I, don't know if this, I was supposed to say this, but someone said, well, I was listening to Zora on the radio and even when the Bucks were down game three, she was still super positive and saying, this can happen, this can happen, this can happen, they can win this game. <laughs> And they said, it reminded me of you because you were similar on the podcast that you got through the situation. You said, listen, this is where it's at. They're probably not going to win. This isn't looking good. But then you still went on and said, well, if this changes, they can win this game. And it didn't surprise me that that was uh, the way that you took this. And in a way, you kind of have to do that. But uh, I think when I saw the postseason and the way this team played, I always had this feeling that something wasn't quite right. Did you get the sense with this team as well? Because once the playoffs actually happened, and and yes, they lost game one against Orlando. I never thought they looked their best in that series. Um, Miami, clearly, they weren't at their best. It just just wasn't the same when they came back. For sure. Definitely was not the same. I would, you know, and yes, I am like the positive one in all these situations. I would point to, and, and what was kind of frustrating on my end is I usually like I can pinpoint things right like I mean we understand the game and and you can look at it and you can say ah maybe it's like this part of the offense or maybe it's free throws maybe it's the turnovers like 
from my perspective, I really couldn't pinpoint one thing. It was like this invisible thing that just didn't feel right, right? Or look right. Um, and yes, obviously there were statistics that you could list down, but like just pinpointing one thing that was off, it just felt like it wasn't right. I would also go back to the fact that like the Bucks weren't necessarily their best selves in March either. And so I know a ton of people like to pinpoint uh, the bubble experience as like just not being right. But the team had, you know, lost three in a row, which they hadn't done in multiple years before the hiatus. So that's just something else to point out as well. If you're trying to figure out, you know, what exactly was going on. Yeah. I must admit, I was definitely one of those people that looked at that uh, March sort of stretch and I was like, yeah, doesn't really mean anything. I mean, at that point they were, you know, for a lot of that, they were on 70 win pace and it's just kind of the, the March grind. I was like, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. The biggest concern, obviously, as you know, was Giannis when he went down with his knee. So I, I think, you know, mentally coming into the bubble, I was like, well, this is great. He's going to get time to rest. For sure. At the time, didn't really mean much. Mm-hmm. And everybody was, quote unquote, um, excited about the fact that maybe they could redeem themselves with that Celtics game that was supposed to happen on that Wednesday, I believe. Wait, no, on a Thursday. Wednesday is when the league shut down. Thursday was the Celtics game. So it would have been uh, probably Giannis's first game back and an opportunity to get back on the winning train. So, of course, nobody was thinking twice about the three-game skid, especially, you know, that game in Denver, not everybody played, et cetera, et cetera. But when you end like that and have to go into four and a half months with that being the last time you came together as a group, you know, you could, you could, you could think about that. I definitely do think, like, you know, the bubble experience, um, you know, definitely took a toll on the guys. But I, I still do think that March, it was just like it didn't – it wasn't continuous. Um, and March doesn't – just wasn't right as well with Giannis going down and then, you know, the Phoenix and Denver game and so on and so forth. So we had a bunch of questions. We're doing a mailbag later this week, but there was some questions in there that I thought we could run through because it's fun to look back. So someone uh, reached out to us and said, um, I want to go back. I really want to get rid of the memory of this, of the bubble. I I need to get this out of my head. So I want to go back and watch some games through the season or some good moments through the season. So I thought I'd throw that at you. Is there anything, is there any game, any uh, particular individual performance, anything that stands out to you? And I'll get to your, to you personally after that, but as far as the team goes. For sure. So January, two instances, the game at Portland, it was a back to back. So they had played Sacramento on a Friday, I believe. And then they played Portland on a Saturday. It was at Portland in January uh Giannis Chris and Bled combined for like 90 some odd points and uh it was just a real great offensive display so if you want to like watch prime bucks basketball watch that game um obviously like one of my favorite games of the season was just when Chris Middleton got 51 points versus DC also in January that game was at home so I would encourage you if you just want to like feel good I mean you know especially as bucks fans um people are always pulling for Chris they they believe that he doesn't get the respect he deserves. And so for him to have a showing like that, another one too, always against DC, but uh, the second time that the mm. Bucks went to overtime in the season, I think this game, this game might've been either late February, or early March. Um, but Giannis fouled out and 
Chris and Bled just kind of carried them through the overtime. Subsequently, right after that, I think that was after that, you know, all this stuff jumbles, but the Toronto game at Toronto, again, just a great showing of the team and, and just them in their stride. Uh, and watch any games. Now I'm going to go back. I'm going to continue to go back like December. Watch any games from the 18-game win streak and the joy that was just on everybody's faces as they were just winning, right? Like nothing could go wrong. Um, and then lastly, Laker game in December was uh, a big one as well. So those are just – I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, there's there's so many positives, right? I mean, especially we're talking about the regular season. They really had it going on. So that Portland game, that's a hidden gem. That's a really good one. I, I love that pick. I remember that. And I remember that because, and maybe I need to go back and watch this because I remember at the time I didn't go on that trip. I was in Milwaukee. There was a big snowstorm and I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do? Where am I going to watch this game? So I walked into this bar. For those listening, a lot of people will know uh, Nomad on Brady Street. So I walked into Nomad and the guy said to me, he's like, oh, it's a snowstorm outside. So it's $1 beers all night. And I was like, all right, man. I'm like, sounds good to me. So I watched <laughs> this game, drinking these $1 beers. So maybe I need to go back and actually remember exactly what happened in that game. Uh, the, the, the second Washington game that you mentioned, this is really interesting. And I don't know if you feel this way, Zora, because the way that Chris Middleton played that game, you mentioned Giannis fouled out. And it was still a game that, I mean, the Bucks should not lose to the Wizards. Like, let's be real, even without no, Giannis. But Chris true. went through yeah. a stretch where he could not make a shot at all. And then in overtime, he came up clutch with a couple of big baskets. I think he finished with 40 points in that game. And that performance and the way it played out felt exactly like game four against Miami, where Chris Milton obviously had a really big game, but he went cold and for, for a long stretch. I don't think he scored in the fourth quarter at all, had that huge third, and then came up with a big couple of shots in overtime. So um, we spoke about that after the, the, that game four, that that reminded us of that game specifically. So that would be a fun one to go back. And let me just say, you said that everyone loves Chris, particularly within the locker room, the 50-point game. Um, that was one that I was in the country for, so I was able to get to that one and, and to see how happy everyone was for him and to see Chris's smile and how proud he was to have that moment. I think that's why, despite the Miami series being a complete disaster from a team point of view, from where their goals were, him having that moment in game four, um, I I love that. And even though I knew the series was probably over, seeing him have that playoff moment, I I thought it was really cool. Definitely, definitely agree with everything that you said, Kane. And yeah, really smart of you guys to kind of compare game four to the Wizards game. just with the, the way Chris kind of prevailed and then put the team on his back when they needed it, yeah. Because he looks like a guy that's always exhausted. Chris just looks like he is exhausted at all times. He's a big sweater, sweats a lot. And so when you get, see him go through that stretch in the fourth quarter, you're like, I don't think, I think he's gassed. I don't think he's got it at the left. And then to come up uh, both of those games, particularly the playoff game, uh, when everything was just running through him and hit those couple of shots, that was really cool. Uh, the, the other game is that, again, I'm sure this is, all Bucks fans will know these ones. And I remember watching these games extremely jealous that I hadn't yet made it back to Milwaukee. Both LA games. You already mentioned the Laker game, but the Clippers game as well within that winning streak. I, I was like watching that and I was like, okay, now this is reminding me of the playoffs last year being a fire serve. The atmosphere just seemed insane. Well, you talk about surprises. I'm not going to lie. I did not. I mean, obviously the way this season played out, we didn't have it like that. That particular Clipper game at home, I didn't have that one playing out like that at all, yeah. uh, especially after the Bucks beat the Clippers in Staples. So it was like, oh, well, yeah, I think I have my timelines right. Yeah, 
it was November. So the Bucks play the Clippers in LA first, and then this would have been the, the second game. And so you would expect like the Clippers to come out kind of gunning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not what happened at all. So, and I believe if I think that was Giannis's birthday as well. Um, so, <laughs> so there was just like right. a lot of celebration. Yeah, yeah, a lot of celebration. Man, they told me that all the days would run together, <laughs> and I would like wake up in cities and not know where I am, and I didn't believe them. But uh, that definitely happens. <laughs> all right, so I got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. I don't know if you've tried Built Bar before, but it is back. It's better than ever. They have 18 amazing flavors. Six of these are brand new. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp among those. And then they have the original flavors, Zora, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I could keep going down the list. They are delicious. And the best thing about them is that they are great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for those that are on the keto uh, diet as well, which is good to note. All you have to do is go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Use promo code locked on ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Yeah, what about you now? Let's go to you. Is there any uh, trip? And now, listen, to be fair, when I ask you if there's any trip that stands out, we have to remember that you went to Paris, okay? So everyone, almost almost every single person listening to this, which by the way, let me just say, the fact that you went to Paris in, uh, that, that was late January, not February, right? That was late January, I think. Yeah, late January, which is nuts, yes. Either way, to think about going on an international trip now just seems like the most insane thing of all time. So the fact that you guys squeezed that in is very cool. But what about you? First year, he always spoke about the fact that you were getting adjusted to being in Milwaukee and, and the job and the travel. What stands out from, is, is there any, I, I don't know, anything. I'm just going to throw it to you. Any interaction, any moment, anything that, that you love that you, you really look back on and, uh, and cherish? Just being able to step inside all those arenas and enter as a working professional and not a fan. And so you take it in very differently. Like, I mean, Capital One Arena, D.C., I grew up right outside of D.C. And back when I was growing up, it was Verizon Center before that MCI. So, like, I've been in there a million times, but I've never entered those ways. And and even like, sometimes I have friends, like I have a lot of friends that play in the WNBA. So I've like been through the tunnels and stuff like that, but just to enter as a member of the media, like you are working, this is your job. I had a lot of aha moments and I was so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to be on this journey. Um, So that happened a lot of times. Madison square garden would be just another like, aha, wow. Like this is, this is an awesome moment as somebody who just appreciates and loves the game of basketball. And then uh, more personally, uh, as a staff, you know, they play pickup on the road a lot. And so to be able to actually play on those courts was really, really cool. Um, So we did it in Boston at TD Garden, Memphis, FedEx Forum, um, New Orleans. So there's just like a couple where, so just to be able to play like pickup uh, on an NBA floor was just for me, again, I'm kind of like a junkie. I love playing the game. So those are some things that stand out for me. Christmas, just the experience of, I've actually never attended an NBA game on Christmas day. I always watched it at home with my family. And so the atmosphere inside Philadelphia's arena was insane and awesome, right? At the same time, um, just taking it all in. So just so appreciative 
um, of just like the family atmosphere of everybody um, with the staff and the organization, just the way they welcomed me this season. Uh, so grateful. And yeah, nothing beats Paris. So we can just like <laughs> have that out. <laughs> nothing, nothing will beat that. I mean, definitely a highlight of the season. I wish someone had told me because I was very close to coming on that trip. And in the end, I was just looked at it and I said, you know, I don't know. There's going to be a long playoff run that I'm going to need to pay for travel. I'm not sure if I should pay for And You know, someone should have warned me. Someone should have warned me that I had some money up <laughs> my sleeve that I could have gone on that trip. But either way, uh, it, it was very cool. And the one thing you pointed out there, and sometimes um, people ask me what the sort of the last few years have been like doing this and going to all these games. And the one thing I always say is that, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm still – a fan and I'm working, but you still do have those moments, as you said, where you're just like, okay, this is just actually really damn cool. This is, this is just yeah. very damn cool what I'm doing and where I am right now. So uh, I don't think that I'll ever lose that. You certainly don't strike me as someone that will. But speaking of fans, before we wrap this up, you've, you've got a lot of fans now, Zora. Uh, you've become... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, let me just say this. And it's, it honestly is a shame that it had to happen through this and, and, and the way that it happened with the Bucks, obviously not taking the court against Orlando. We've seen, we've had the, the pleasure of seeing you um, on the broadcast all season. We understand how talented you are and how great you are, but it, it was kind of a, a weird feeling to see you get that platform and, and think that it was, it was so cool that you were getting the recognition for the job that you did and the job that you do on a nightly basis. But at the same time, it was like, I really wish we weren't at this point in history where this had to happen. But um, I, I know you've spoke about it a lot, uh, but when you look back at that day and just the, the craziness of that, and also just what's followed for you and all the interviews you've done, the stories you've done, uh, what's it been like for you as a, as a professional? That day, and you know, I really haven't had a ton of time just to sit down and reflect on it. And I need yeah. to, I need to do that. Um, just, just personally and both professionally. Um, but there's just one word that comes to mind. Like, it's just so proud. And I said this on the broadcast, it, it, it doesn't matter. And it's not necessarily about the specifics and the values, but it's just respect for humans who are taking a stand. Like, I just feel like as a person, you have to respect people that are willing to put things on the line. And we all have different things that we could put on the line and that we're willing to put on the line, right? When we talk about change, there's all different levels, right? Like you could um, protest or that could not be your thing. Like your thing could just be to have private conversations um, with, within your circle. Your thing could be to give financially. Your thing could be to work the polls, whatever it is. Um, the men on those team got to a point where they felt like what they were doing just wasn't enough. And so they pushed the envelope even further and, and gave up something. And yeah, people could argue, okay, you know, they're NBA players and, and they do have more than they don't have, if that makes sense. So, you know, how much of a sacrifice was it? But in their world, you have to think in, in their world, that's a huge sacrifice, a playoff game for a team that had aspirations and still has aspirations to win a championship. And so it was just so powerful. And just to know all the different personalities and backgrounds that had to come together inside that locker room. I mean, you have people like George Hill, who grew up in Indianapolis, who are so vocal with the things that they saw uh, as children, 
you have somebody like Wesley Matthews who's rooted in the Wisconsin community. You have somebody like Giannis who is still learning American culture because he's from Greece. You have Ursan who's from Turkey, right? So just think of all the different personalities. You have like the Lopez brothers from California and, you know, the most you hear them elaborate really is about Disney, right? We have to understand like these are all men with, with, with thoughts and feelings. And so just imagine that locker room and just the circle of all of them having conversations to me, like that's so powerful. That teaches us so much beyond like the fight for social justice. It teaches us about unity. It teaches us about love and respect. And above all else, that's what our society needs right now is just more love and respect and compassion. So there's so many lessons from that. So just like from, you know, we were live on television. I think that's why like it got, I, I was just kind of like spewing my thoughts because I was just so proud in that moment. So many things were coming to my mind as I was thinking of like how all of this was constructed and, and thought about. And I wanted the viewers to understand the context and the background and how monumental uh, it, it was regardless of what your beliefs or values are. So. Yeah, that was an amazing day. Um, and for the record, like not scripted at all. Uh, we did not have like some secretive heads up, right? We were on the fly just like everyone else. And so what you saw was humans just being compassionate between Craig, Jim, Marcus, and myself and uh, wouldn't want to work with a better crew. And yeah, just uh, everything that's ensued after is just all about continuing to elevate the voices of these men. You know, that's at the core. My job is to tell the stories of the Milwaukee Bucks. Sometimes it has to do with putting a ball in a basket. And with this team, a lot of times it also has to do with things bigger than that. And uh, that's one of the many reasons why I respect them so much. Well, I think the, the great thing about the broadcast from, from all of you guys, and, and uh, of course you and Marcus and Jim and, and everyone there, Craig was there as well that day was the fact that as I was watching, and I must admit that I was watching on League Pass over here in Australia, so they did cut the feed uh, a little bit shorter, so I, I, didn't, I didn't see it all, but I will confess. But the, the, the big thing or the most impressive thing about it for me was the fact that um, as you guys were speaking and as you guys were talking through it, I already completely forgot that there was a playoff game that wasn't happening uh, because I was, I was listening to you guys. And I think, again, um, that speaks to what you guys did as a group and how you did that on the fly. It, it was uh, incredible. And... You know, it was interesting. I, I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, "Do you think that that affected the Bucks?" And I said, and I always say, "Well, first of all, they they never would they never would admit that, even if it did mentally." But at the same time, uh, this is one group of men among a, a wider playing group that are all going through the same thing. So I, I don't think you can pinpoint that and say that that affected them any any way on the court. But uh, the fact that the message has been out there more. I've never had more people here ask me about the box and what happened in the day and why that happened. That was the point. That was the whole point of why they did that. And to see them speak about that on the way out after they were eliminated last week, I think just speaks to what they were trying to do and what they did actually achieve and what they'll continue to work on. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, you go into a season looking to make history and sometimes you just don't know <laughs> what type of history it's going to be. Right. But they still made history. So uh, definitely still a successful season. So last one here. Are you watching basketball? Are you watching these playoffs? Because I must admit, I, <laughs> I got to tell you, and I probably shouldn't admit this. When I'm working, uh, I watch. OK, so it's just the people out there. I am watching some games, but I, I've, I've found myself sort of, I don't know, I'm separating myself from basketball, just saying, listen, I need a breather here. 
Uh, Clippers, Nuggets, eh, I'm not watching that game, okay? I'm not up for that today. Now, Game 7 today, I must admit, <laughs> I'm going to watch Game 7. But you got to watch that one. I'll watch that one. But there's been some times where I'm like, you know what, I need a little bit of a breather here. Because we spoke about this. The Bucks basically only had – they played every other day for six-plus weeks, nearly two months. It was, it was a grind. There was a lot of basketball. No, I completely agree. It just depends on the matchup. I also live uh, with an avid basketball fan, my husband. <laughs> so, like, he's watching every game regardless of what I want to do or what I think. Um, so we're, like, personally invested, you know, just in, in, in some teams just by, you know, all the stops that you live at, right? It's only natural to – especially now that the Bucks are out. Now I have, like, free range to actually, like, root for other teams, right? Um, <laughs> and so definitely we used to live in Denver, so definitely, you know, watching Game 7 closely. I was surprised you asked me to uh, record this during the, the first game of the Heat-Celtics. I mean, now we all got to see, like, you know, w- with the Heat. Like, was that, like, a – one series thing. And obviously, you know, they swept the Pacers. So clearly, you know, they kind of had some momentum, but matching up against the Celtics, another big test. So I'm really interested to see how that one goes. Obviously followed the Celtics uh, Raptors series very closely. I will have to say, I mean, I did not follow the Lakers Houston series. I mean, it was on and I was watching it, but like super invested, not necessarily because it just wasn't as juicy, so to speak, as some of the other series. So yeah, as a fan, uh i'm definitely still watching basketball it is tough kane okay so usually i am like deep into the WNBA as well and it has been awful because of all this nba i haven't it's 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 impossible to be able to like really dive deep into multiple leagues at the same time i mean you just i don't the people that do it you can like from afar know what's going on but to like really be able to dive deep it's tough so i'm missing like actually really really being rooted in WNBA, and now football has started um so hopefully they get the schedule right so that there's not too many like games at the same time because people are gonna have to make some choices we're gonna really see where people's allegiance lies as this sports stuff continues no you understand why they they try and split up the seasons where they can because you know the same thing WNBA. there's a bunch of australians over there that i normally like to follow i haven't had a chance to watch them i'm a big oakland a's fan i got my A's hat on right now I had to sort of check out, and now I've got to check back in. They're doing pretty well. The postseason's about to be here, so I don't. I can't even keep track. I can't keep track. And by the way, uh, not that this is going to mean anything to anyone by the time they listen to this, but Miami looks like uh, they got a, a small lead over Celtics Laura in, in Game One there. Oh, that's good because by the when I came in to record with you, Miami was down. So see, I always say a game of runs. I mean, you can't. You can't judge anything by the first half. We know this. <laughs> well, tough time. We better get to it. We better go out and, and watch this game. So I really appreciate it. I said this to you uh, before we started recording, but I reached out to you after that uh, after that day that the Bucks didn't play against Orlando, and we were like sort of discussing. Yeah, yeah, we can talk. We can talk. You're always you're always just uh, very polite. He's like, yes, I will talk with you anytime, which I always appreciate. And then I saw everything going on, and I literally just said, you know what, Zora doesn't need this right now. I'm going to give her some space and I'm going to check back in once the season's done. So I'm glad we got a chance to do this. No, always Kane. Uh, appreciate you. Glad we got a chance to, you know, get to know each other over the season and uh, hopefully you can come back to uh, Milwaukee sometime soon. You're missing the winter though. So I mean, you know, not too bad. 
Oh, we're just coming into summer here, so the, the weather's good. Uh, this is the first summer I think I've had in like two years, two and a half years. So I'm looking forward to a, to getting some warm weather and I'll be back whenever it is. But uh, Zora Stevenson, obviously everyone knows her work where you can follow her. She's still going to be doing stuff for the Bucks. I, I'm sure that they're not going to let her have too much time off. So there's no need to worry about that. She'll be back uh, and we will all be thankful for that. As far as we go, the mailbag, remember, just keep sending your questions through. We've got about 50, honestly. The more questions, the better, because then we won't have to worry about uh, what we're going to talk about through this offseason at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. For Zora and myself, we will be back tomorrow. Stay safe, and we'll speak to you guys then.